I heard you have a question for us. I do have a question in my segment called Beyond the Lines. It should come as no surprise that my question this time around has to do with zombies. Zombie movies are full of metaphors or zombies are metaphors for something. For example, it can be, I guess, racism, communism, our fears. So my question is what do zombies represent to you? Jeff, lead us in this discussion. <laughs> Craig, I'm ready. you should lead us. <laughs> oh. Well, it's my question, so would you like me to start yeah, it off? Yeah, get the ball Jump rolling. Jump start. Well, let's see if I can make some sense out of my notes. I said zombies tend to have a one-track mind. They tend to satisfy their appetites without really any feelings for themselves or other people. So I said perhaps they're metaphors of people who go through their lives just thinking of themselves hmm. and not really caring about anyone else. I said maybe zombies are also meta could be metaphors for your life challenges and how people react when faced with them. Some people rise to the challenge, and some people just don't. Hmm. Some people, you know, become ho horrible. They become worse than zombies, or some people, you know, become like better heroic. than life challenges. Yeah. Heroic, right? Yeah. So those are some of the metaphor examples that I came up with. I don't know if like metaphor is the right thing, but I mean, what it makes me think of or what I think it's kind of uh, talking about a little bit and why it's so popular, I think is the idea of um, like uh, surviving, you know what I mean? Like being, uh, what if like everything was reset and all you had to do is just survive? Like you don't have to pay bills or worry about anything else that modern life kind of throws at you. You're just literally... Uh, having to stave off people and I think it's also like the fantasy of being the last person around um, I think that's why like a lot of this stuff is rooted in I Am Legend you know what I mean apparently a, a movie adaptation starring Vincent Price was like one of the main, main motivators for George Romero when he made Nine Living Dead and I think that's why so many people have that fantasy of like you know what would you do like where would you go you know what I mean like are you going to like Walmart or uh, like a gun store or whatever, you know what I mean? Like people have like their own little scenarios that they've kind of mapped out in their head. And I think that's what appeals to people uh, about the TV shows and the movies is kind of like putting themselves in those spots. Yeah. I said um, we would just go to your parents' house. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. It's pretty secluded and uh, it's kind of high also. It's kind mm -hmm. of like on top of a hill. So yeah, it would be a pretty solid choice, I think. And there's Creek. I mean, there's like running water close yeah. by too. So if like the pipes freeze up and stuff, we'd still be in okay shape. So, but yeah, I, I, I do think that's why that's so popular and stuff like Mad Max um, is popular because I think people like to think of themselves as, oh, I would be one of those people. Yeah. I'd be one of those people that survive. I wouldn't be one of the people that like is weak and, you know, uh, scared of everything. Uh, I like to think that I would be able to survive, but because I have such horrible vision, mm. I think, one, I wouldn't be able to wear my contacts for an extended period of time because, one, that's bad for your eyes, and I'm pretty sure I would run out of contact solution. And there's no way that my glasses would not get broken, so I would just die at some point, <laughs> and it would be because of my astigmatism. I, what? <laughs> I think... Uh, I'd like... probably get bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, was gonna I say, would just like... be like, help! help me and I wouldn't be able to see that it was a zombie until just, I was right there. You're just instantly blind? Like, no. I cannot like, see. Thank God you're here. There's <laughs> zombies. Oh, shit! <laughs> you're one Damn, too. this is stigmatism! <laughs> yes. 
That's like I was gonna say twenty years ago. I, I think I would have been like, yes, I'd be one of those survivors. But now that I'm older, I don't think I have enough fight left in me. I think I would be kind of like, oh, it's happening, huh? Oh no. Well, it's happening. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit out here on the porch. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't think I would really fight that hard to I'd stay alive. I've seen like a, a zombie walking by on the street and be like, well, that's it. Get my gun out, oh, and shoot God. myself. And then it's just like a guy in a costume and be like, oh shit, it wasn't even a zombie. Why did I do this to Jeff Wilson? No. I would have fight. We were, this makes me think we were watching a, the episode, an episode of Key and Pill last night, and the sketch was racist zombies, and Key and Pill were. They were being led out by Kevin Sorbo, and Kevin Sorbo was like, "I'll protect you." He turns around, he immediately gets bitten. Yeah. And their neighborhood is being overrun by zombies, and they're just running. Oh, 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 oh my God! They got breath! They got breath! They got breath! They, they, they didn't get us. They didn't get us. Okay, we're still alive. Right, keep it together. Yeah, yeah, okay. We gotta make it to that sheriff station. And all the zombies are like not remotely looking at them or paying them attention. And the zombies are actually kind of running away from them. Hey. Are you getting this? Yeah, what is up? Yeah. Because they're racist them. zombies. Yeah. And they get to a house where it looks like a bunch of black people having a cookout. And they're like, hey, come on. Hey, guys. Isn't this great? These racist zombies are leaving us alone. Come on, we having a party. We're having a great time. <laughs> and there's a zombie like struggling to get over their fence. Like, no, like, trying to get away from them. <laughs> Jeff, any thoughts? Anything that w w when you watch a zombie movie, does it kind of inspire anything or represent anything to you? Um, I mean, it depends on the movie, really. Mm -hmm. Like Dawn of the Dead is, I think that was supposed to be like a direct, you know, metaphor for like consumerism and people right. just like blindingly blindly going into a mall and just to consume and buy things. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center, one of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. But, you know, I think maybe like in general, zombies sort of, to me, make me think of people who just kind of like blindly follow what everybody else is doing yeah. like, no matter like they don't really think for themselves too much or think like wait a minute is the earth round <laughs> or it no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm not a flat earther yeah. i wonder what if any the zombies represent in the return of the living dead since they're not mind numbing they have a purpose I think it's an excuse to have like really cool zombies attacking people and yeah. like I, I don't think that it's no it's a, yeah it's a funny movie and everything but I don't think it's clever enough to have some kind of weird metaphor for yeah. uh, you know like a, a hidden meaning yes now our metaphor for zombie Jackson is very deep <laughs> yeah as you remember <laughs> Craig tell us about it I put this out there to uh, our listeners. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I showed a screenshot of Kia will usually send Jeff and I the, the question in advance so that we can kind of think about it a little bit. And I took a little screenshot and posted it on our social media, um, at HA Horrorcast, um, on Twitter and, uh, Half-Ass Horrorcast on IG. And, uh, we got some like really thoughtful responses. So I thought I'd read a few of them. Our friend, uh, Clint Thulu, uh, well, Clint, and he's at Clint Thulu on, uh, Twitter. He said, uh, this could really be, this could really get into the weeds, but to me, it is less about the representation of what people fear and what have you, and it's more 
direct in nature, more about being obstacles that I myself have to overcome or problems that I see in the world, things I have to work on personally. That's kind of like when I said challenges. Yeah. Maybe that's around the same Yeah, exactly. thinking. Our friend Adam at Psychocinephile. Uh, I was going to say they represent consumerism, the blind following of authority, and the worker ant mentality of everyday life. But I realized it would be quicker to say whatever way Romero shaped my opinion of them. <laughs> Romero is God. <laughs> Our buddy Brian Maxwell at Maxwell uh, Classic. Uh, social media. The only agenda is to destroy or assimilate all of humanity. It will lay dormant for a while, leave you with a false sense of security, and then attack. You can get rid of one or two, but the horde will eventually destroy everything you have built. Humans are the worst. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I was really impressed with that take. Um, That's really good, and humans are the worst. Yeah. A very, and a very modern take on it with the social media yeah. kind of spin of it. So, mm -hmm. Our buddy Justin um, at Scroll Saw Scrib, very talented artist with a dad bod. Um, he said, one word. Love. <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, he did it. Love can be cruel. Oh. And it can literally rip you apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a few responses on IG. I'm jumping over there. Uh, the Yeti 616. Uh, I kind of see them as representations of the slow decay of our humanity mm. or what happens when the coffee supply runs out. <laughs> Depends on the day. Um, and that, that made me think of, I've never seen a movie where, uh, people are worried about coffee and stuff like that. Like, like I've seen, you know, Zombieland, they, there's that running gag with Twinkie, yeah. you know, the Woody Harrelson character really wants a Twinkie, mm -hmm. but I've never seen someone, cause I would be that way. I think if there was a, an apocalyptic situation, I think there would be a piece of me that's like, I really would love some coffee right now. Like <laughs> even if it was instant, just to have a little like yeah. bit of that past life you know um and walking dead fear the walking dead there's a character that made beer it was like craft beer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was a really big deal but i think they could have done a similar thing with coffee where people there's someone that just really wants his fix of you know caffeine yeah yeah, yeah. that's why um, i was thinking if there was a zombie apocalypse i would try to like barricade myself inside a walmart or something yeah. oh yeah <laughs> i think that's the classic one of the classic uh scenarios where, where people are speculating on what they're uh method would be to try to survive. I think a lot of people think, you know, I'll go to a Walmart or a Walmart or one of those big box stores like Sam's mm -hmm. or whatever and really have all this, you know, the supply and open space and you just have to defend it a lot though. That would be the problem. But I mean if you get enough cool people to help you, yeah. you could theoretically defend it pretty well. Or um, at least get there before everything's gone and just take yeah. a whole lot of stuff. I would yeah. I would take like all of the lotion and the Chapstick. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like cocoa butter and. Because <laughs> on The Walking Dead, it's like these women, their hair is shiny, their skin is perfect. I would look ashy and horrible because <laughs> I have no lotion and yeah, <laughs> chapped lips and everything. Seems miserable. Uh, what would what would be your essentials? Sugar <laughs> and tea, so I can make uh, sweet tea and. <laughs> Southern. <laughs> <laughs> you would be coveted for a while, though. Well, if you were yeah. the one that thought of that, you'd be the sweet tea guy for yeah. a couple months the there. Break. We're sweet tea, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I would find a, I would try to find like a bunch of deep freezers, you know, and then just like fill them up with meat, like chicken yeah. and hamburgers and stuff. I don't know. But this is this is as if like this that would take way more planning. That would be like I would I would be one of those people that like builds a bunker under their house. Yeah. 
and just in case it happens. But if it yeah. just broke out all of a sudden, it'd be like, where's the sugar and tea? <laughs> And yeah, maybe, maybe pop tarts or something. Something that doesn't go bad super fast. I almost feel like you would need just enough to keep going for like to hold up for like a, a couple weeks or a month even mm-hmm. to let the main first wave kind of be over with, and then you could try to go out. Into you the could world go scavenge people's homes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Bat Collector. This is on IG. Uh, he said overpopulation. Which uh, hmm. in the seventies, oh, I think that was a major fear of people with like Soylent Green and uh, Logan's Run, like these ideas of controlling mm-hmm. population. Um, and I wonder if a lot of the zombie movies back then maybe had that theme a little bit of yeah. this being a little like, oh man. Uh, and again, I think that goes in that survivor uh, fantasy of like, oh man, it'd be so great if like ninety percent <laughs> of these people were gone and I can just like roll down the highway alone, you it's know. First uh, natural selection. Yeah. I think of that every day on the way to work and back. <laughs> I do too. Oh my god, my commute <laughs> took me an hour and ten minutes to get home the other day. Yeah. But some reason my usually knock on wood, going home is pretty decent, but uh going there in the morning it, it's always terrible. It's, it's like there's it's there's rough days both ways where I, for me. Yeah. <laughs> There's days where, like, my whole day is bad because I'm so pissed off at, like, how bad the commute is in the morning. My blood's boiling when I get there, you know? I got off, like, 20 minutes early yesterday, and it still took me, like, an hour and 10 minutes to get back. Mm. It's like, oh, my God. All you new Nashville people Mm. need to move home. Go back up (laughs) north, Nashvillians. We have a Des Newcomb photo. She said, uh, survival of the smartest. That's kind of what Hmm. it represents to her. Um, and I think that's a decent point is that uh, a lot of times these movies feature brutal people, like people that are willing to do like really awful things. But mm-hmm. usually the smart people are the ones that kind of come out on top and mm-hmm. uh, the people that kind of maintain a little bit of humanity usually do well, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how realistic that is, though. I, I, w- I would like to think it's realistic yeah. so I could survive. But again, I mean, I need a lot of contact solution. And access to soap and clean water so I can wash oh, my hands yeah. and take my contacts. <laughs> I mean, it's complicated. It, oh, it's, oh, man. Okay. Uh, I get laser surgery if the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. <laughs> uh, finally, we have Grits Boy. Uh, claustrophobia, slow, suffocating, unavoidable, impending doom. My favorite thing about the old school slow walker zombie flicks. And I definitely think that's a thing with the original Romero zombie films is just that impending doom and how they keep, you know, accumulating. Like in the beginning of the scenarios, there's always just a handful of zombies and towards the end of the movie, it's always just mm-hmm. like this horde, you know, just mm-hmm. sea of them. So yeah, thanks again, guys, for very thoughtful responses and uh, sharing your opinions on the zombies. Jeff mentioned the deep meaning behind Zombie Jackson. Is there one? No, I was just joking. Oh, okay. Kia, would you like to <laughs> sign off? <laughs> uh, no, it was just an excuse to have. Like, I, I literally saw a painting that Jeff had done of a robot, Andrew J- Andrew Lincoln. God. Andrew Lincoln. From- <laughs> no. No. Robot. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Goodness, I could not think of Abraham Lincoln's first name. <laughs> yeah, I saw a painting Jeff had done of Abraham Lincoln as a robot. And I thought, you know what would be a cool, like, thing to accompany this would be a zombie Andrew Jackson. <laughs> That was it. There's no anything yeah. else is just an excuse to have funny. You literally said like I've always thought Andrew Jackson looks like a zombie. Yeah. Like you should do yeah. a painting of Andrew Jackson as a zombie. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, no, no deep meaning. The year 1865. The date April 14th. President Abraham Lincoln shot down in the Ford Theater. The last thing I remember hearing was a chorus of laughter 
as sweet death took hold of my body, I heard myself join in. Little did the president know. Mr. President, can you hear me? Good God, man. Resurrected, but what for? There's a problem down south, sir, at the Hermitage. What is that old dirty bastard Jackson gotten into now? Thus the stage is set for a clash between undead presidents. Tonight, I shall have my eggs scrambled. <laughs> Enough words, Lincoln. I shall devour your delicious Yankee brain. I challenge you to a duel. Brought to you by the comedy masterminds of the 19th century, Jeff Wilson and Craig Garrett. It's Robot Lincoln and Zombie Jackson. Robot-Zombie.com Kia, would you like to sign us out? I would. Thank you for answering the questions, being thoughtful. Thank you to you and Jeff, and also our listeners. And I'll see you next time for Beyond the Line. Okay, uh, so you can contact us via email at uh, halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com. We like getting e- oh, oh, God. <laughs> we enjoy getting emails from our listeners, and anyone that takes the time to do it gets a no prize. This is from Des Newcomb. Hey there, new listener, and I have really enjoyed the podcast. I certainly haven't listened to all of them yet, but I haven't heard one on how sexy horror movies can be. We I just know. watched one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know y'all are sure to have an opinion on the sexiest horror movies out there. Oh. I absolutely love the horror genre. It is my favorite by far. When you mix sexual tension in with fear, well, you just can't beat it. <laughs> There's literally a character at the beginning of The Return of the Living Dead that says something about that. He's like, hey, sex and violence. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Okay. Um, Also, she kind of goes on. This is kind of a different tangent, but I'll just go ahead and read it. It seems that the vampires... Okay. It seems that the vampires seem to get it right. Bram Stoker's Dracula was the first memorable one for me or interview with a vampire. But let's be real. In the realm of vampires, who is really scared of them anymore? Now you can have a bunch of books and movies that have women throwing themselves at vampires in hopes of being devoured. Everyone is doing it, and it's getting boring. So come on, guys. Let's talk about sex and horror. <laughs> an intense email. Let's yeah. talk about sex and horror. Why is she seen near dark? I wouldn't throw myself at those vampires. Mm. I think there's plenty of vampires that are still a little edgy. You got the 30 Days of Night vampires also. They're not oh, very yeah. sexy. They're scary. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you can go all the way back to Lugosi as Dracula, and that's yeah. kind of a sexual thing. So I don't think it's mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, everyone piles on Twilight and even True Blood. That was big for a minute there for having a lot of sexuality and silliness with the vampires. But it's always kind of been there. I mean, even if you go back to literary roots of Dracula, uh, even though Bram Stoker was apparently a Puritan and didn't really believe, you know, wasn't really big on sex and, you know, that sort of thing. He kind of put it in there in subtext, maybe not on purpose. So Fright Night. Fright Night's very sexy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the best vampire movies. So. Yeah. Uh, quite sexy. <laughs> but yeah, what what? So is that what you're kind of throwing out there as among one of the sexiest vampire or sexiest? I know it wasn't sexy to me because I saw it as a kid, but as an adult, I could see that that's where they're going for. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have thought about this some. Because the first thing that came to my, came to my mind is, is um, was cutting class, which I don't even know if she would 
consider that horror if that's what she's talking about. Right, like a thriller or slasher Yeah, that's movie. not really yeah. a horror, so... Um, yeah, but slasher movies always have, like, a lot of sexuality in them. Uh, it's kind of a motif. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what, what, we're, what we're talking about is sexy. Like, the, the killer or, like, a character in the movie or what's happening? <laughs> well, I think she was talking about, you know, how sexy horror movies can be. I mean, are there any that hmm. come to mind to you as a viewer? What, what, when you think of sexy horror movies, what are the first ones that kind of pop up? I literally never thought about that before. Yeah. That's a tough I mean, one. There's a lot of sexuality in horror movies, but yeah. I don't know that they're sexy most of the time. Usually it leads to bad things too. So yeah. I've um, just seen so many of them as a kid that I did not get that. So I'm trying to think of ones that I've seen as an adult yeah. that could be considered sexy. And I'm trying to think of all the ones that I've, that I've seen. I'm just That's thinking of all the sex scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a challenging question. Well, and it's funny too because you know I think of something going way back to episode two when we talked about Creep Show Part Two. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's that really famous scene on the raft where they have that oil slick monster that's oh, yeah. stalking them. These kids that are on this little deck in the middle of a lake, and there's a really famous scene where um, you know it's horny teenagers, even though they're in this perilous situation. There is like a scantily clad woman, you know, laying on the raft. And the male suitor starts to like reach out to her and he's getting Mm -hmm. kind of aroused and she's kind of heaving a little bit and her bosom is out. And then she rolls over and like the oil slick has attacked her face and it's like eating away at her. And there's that moment of like, when you're watching that and it's like sexuality and you're thinking, oh, wow, they're, they're going to go here, huh? And then it becomes horrific. Mm-hmm. I feel like more often than not, not a horror movie does that, where it kind of like subdues you with the yeah. sexuality and then it punches you with something horrific, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. or grotesque. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Have you ever seen uh, Behind the Mask, the uh, Leslie Vernon? Yeah. It's got a, another title, but... Um, I don't want to spoil that movie at all, but uh, there's mm. like a, a a sex scene in that movie that is really funny to me. Like it's just because you're not really expecting it. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have even brought it up because like I, it, it's it's the kind of thing where if I just tell what happened, it's a complete spoiler for mm. a part of the movie. So I'm, I'm just going to. Hang on to that one maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should watch that one for the podcast. That'd be fun. That's a good movie. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny, too, because sexuality is really important to a lot of uh, monster characters. You think of, like, uh, a creature from Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, falling in love w- with uh, Julie Adams, right? And kind of stalking her, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and abducting her, you know, because he's attracted <laughs> to her. But uh, a lot of monsters are kind of sexless. I mean, you know, like Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, you know, he might as well be a eunuch, right? I mean, he doesn't really yeah. seem to have a sexual side or whatever, so... This has stumped me, but I will say when I was younger, I wasn't attracted to him, mm-hmm. but there was something about him that I liked. And this is going to be weird, but it was Freddy Krueger. I don't know. The way, like, there's a scene where he, like, takes his hat and he puts it on his head like that. And I'm like, that's kind of, I don't want to say sexy. But I'm like, that's. I, I want to have sex with him. No, no kidding. <laughs> but I, it's, it's a tough one. 
off and, and, and he murdered children. This is a very complicated question. Yeah. What, oh, what, my you, you mentioned uh, Fright Night, so that's got kind of a I think sexual so. streak running through it that you sort of stand by, I'm assuming. Um, I think in a weird way, uh, Pinhead is kind of sexy just because. Sure. Explorers in the further regions of experience. Demons to some, angels to others. the box we came now you must come with us taste our pleasures clyde barker question. has a lot of like sexuality in all of his stories yeah just because and obviously in hellraiser there's a lot of sex or whatever but aside exactly. from that just pinhead how he carries himself mm. the outfit he's wearing is kind of cool and it's kind of like snm yeah okay yeah <laughs> so i mean i think i thought that was that was kind of cool yeah. Um, but going back to the cutting class, even though that's not, might be not what she's thinking of, when I was younger and I saw that movie, in a weird way, which probably reflects really badly on me, the guy that is <laughs> killing everyone and stalking the girl, I was like, oh, he really likes her. Mm. It's kind of hot. See, there's a lot of deep rooted psychological issues to this question. But well, that's I mean, what I thought when I saw that as a younger person. Yeah. Or someone like Marky Mark in Fear. Yeah. In a weird way, as a teenage girl, I was like, that's hot. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. So let me in the fucking house! You'd like that boy <laughs> at, the, uh, at your front door. Let me in! That whole thing. I mean, the back of the house. That's <laughs> yeah, like uh, that Marky Mark uh, workout video. <laughs> Have you ever seen any no. clips? Oh, it's hilarious. There's like it a scene really weird. where uh, he and a, a woman are like uh, working out together. Mm-hmm. And he's like talking to her as she's like lifting weights. And he's like, yeah, you lifting those weights? Good. Yeah. You counting them for me? I just like the way she holds on to me. So let's get a little closer. <laughs> All right. You ready? You gonna help me count? Yep. Alright. Help you. One, two, three. <laughs> you like doing that, don't you? Like, and it's so it's like, Jesus, dude. Like, there's no one reining him in at all. Like, he's just getting an erection as he talks. Like, yeah, you're gonna make me like uh, you know, cream my jeans. <laughs> you like doing that to me. He's just this is so bizarre. Um, yeah, I didn't know who the target audience for those videos I know, were. I'm like, is it for Guys looking heavy weights, or is it women? <laughs> well, I guess that's what he thought, anyway, is that ladies know, would be on. buying it. It's a great question that maybe kind of stumped us a little bit, uh, Des. Thank you for sending it in. But uh, Are there any, real quickly, are there any, like, uh, women characters or women um, uh, villains from horror movies that could be considered sexy? Uh, trash from Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean... Oh. To oh, me, yeah. that's the most iconic sex symbol of all horror. Kia. I think the lady, oh. the the lady vampire in um, *Near Dark*. I think she was sexy. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Tough, kind of kind of gritty yeah. sexiness. 
You know, also, uh, like, horror movie hosts um, that are female typically use a lot of sexuality. I mean, you think of Elvira and Vampira. Hello, darling. It's me, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, that video cutie who makes the boys stand up and salute You know, they're kind of iconic in a sexy way. So are um, the um, Munsters and the Addams Family, the mothers yeah. in both of those shows. Lily. Yeah, they got Lily and what's Morticia. Yeah. Um, they're both very hot and, you know, kind of icons mm. of uh, the horror community. That and are, Marilyn. Sure, she's a little milk, milk toast, but she's who still... we just lost last week. Yeah, the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who died? Beverly Owen. She played the original uh, Marilyn Munster on the Munsters. Oh. She uh, kind of retired to have a family, basically, right? Is it? Yeah, she she got the well. The story goes she was uh, she got the job on the pilot, and she was they were she was like, well, I don't know if I want to do this because I'm. I don't want to live in L.A. I'm, I live in New York. I got a boyfriend out there. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not going to get picked up. So <laughs> she does the pilot. It gets picked up. And then she's like, but I don't, I don't, my, my boyfriend is in New York. And uh, so she did like the first 13 episodes and she was like crying every day because she wanted mm-hmm. to go home. And then I think uh, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis, like on her behalf, like went to some of the producers and were like, look, this girl's miserable. You got to let her out of this contract. And so they did, and then they hired Pat Priest to play the next Marilyn, partly because she looked a lot like the previous one. The original, yeah. But mainly because she fit in all the same clothes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Some smart budget people. Yeah. Um, I will, one more person. Yes. I will say um, Danny Houston, who oh, played right. the uh, lead vampire in 30 Days, 30 Days of Night. Night. And um, he played, was his character like the X-Man in the Coven? Yeah, of American Horror yeah, Story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought his portrayal as the Axeman in Coven was attractive. There's something I find attractive about him anyway. He has like this dark, sinister thing. I'm off in a half hour, Joe. Can you walk me home? You scared of the Axeman? Everyone is scared. It's Tuesday night. He's going to kill somebody. Well, he's not going to lay a finger on you. Uh, rumor has it he's got a thing for jazz. Got uh, rhythm in your soul, baby. And um, he kind of has yeah. like a uh, in that anyway. He kind of has like a Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin ty- kind of thing going for him a little bit, like kind of yeah. like a '50s era, maybe '40s era. But more cool dangerous. Guy. Yeah. Even though apparently Sinatra was a little dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good good question. Uh, probably a misstep on my behalf. I probably should have shared this with my co-host in advance so they could think about it. But I sprung it on them just like about a hot sex. Thanks for the email. Remember, you gotta eat right, train hard. There's realistic goals out there you gotta work hard to accomplish them, though. Alright, peace, 5Gs. We out. Thank you for listening to the Half Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half Assed Horror, Twitter at HA Horrorcast. And you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. But remember, you gotta go out there and work hard, stay focused, and get that payoff. Might not be six fly ladies in a jacuzzi, but it'll be something. Bird is born, we out, 5G's, peace. Shut up!